Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cheers, everybody. We are back for another edition of Bourbon on a Budget. Myself, TJ Pittenger, Ben Cock, and Brendan Sinone. Gentlemen, recording a little bit later this week than we normally do. How are you guys doing? Dandy, TJ. Thank you for asking. Doing very well, sir. Ben returns from the land of milk and tequila to come on <laughs> to come on the bourbon podcast and hang out with us again ben we're we're appreciative of you gracing your presence gracing us with your presence and um uh, screwing up our recording day by two days so um gentlemen we have a different show today we're gonna have a conversation as ben reads his bible about a few different things uh one <laughs> being bourbon marketing uh we're gonna talk some allocation and then talk about the monster or the beast that is Fight Club. Just kidding. The secondary market, uh, which exists. None of us are saying that we've necessarily partaken in it, but we know it exists and we've done a lot of research for this episode. So we're going to talk about it. We will, of course, continue our segment that we started last week, our replacement bourbon. This week, replacing, what are we replacing this week, Brendan? We are, so last week we replaced Blanton's, uh, a Buffalo Chase product. This week we were replacing another Buffalo Trace product. I'm noticing a theme here. We like Buffalo Trace, but some stuff's kind of pricey. Weller 12. Weller 12. Some people call it poor man's pappy. Poor pap. Poor pap. Poor pap. So we'll replace a, a weeded bourbon 12 years old. We'll replace that, and then we will get to our favorite segment, Pursuits and Purchases. Brendan has a story for us at some point through this episode. Mm-hmm. We'll have story time with Brendan, then we'll get out of here and – Remind you to check out our review that'll come out on Thursday of Smoke Wagon Small Batch. Um, so enjoy that. Hey, if you're listening to this, if you're watching, if you're tuned in, please go give us a follow on all the different social media platforms Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok, YouTube, Bourbon on a Budget. Search it and we would appreciate interacting with you there. Uh, let's jump right into it, gentlemen. What are you drinking tonight? <laughs> I am double fisting right now. I got Weller God, 12 man. here. Hey, It's a regular Thursday night over in the Sonoma household. Uh, yeah, I got the Weller 12 here. And I don't want to give it away yet, but I'm going against the one that I'm replacing it with. So I'm trying to like kind of, you know, just do a little research and homework here before the big, uh, the big reveal comes out. That's what I got. What about you, TJ? I am drinking a potential replacement that I may mention for okay. it. Okay. Don't know if it's going to be the true replacement or not, but it, it's got a chance. Uh, ben, what about yourself? Well, like you said, I just got back into town from Tequilaville. So to reset my palate, I'm going with the OG, Wild Turkey 101. Very nice. Very nice. True OG for sure. Yep. One, of your, one of your favorites. That's also, right. I don't even know if you like the flavor of it. You just love the price. Like you love it's a great price, great price, great flavor. What's there to not like about this? 
I'm just saying. I think you like the cheap. I think you like being cheap more than you like. Uh, I enjoy being the taste cheap. Of it. Yes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I'd admit that in a loving way. I didn't mean that in a mean way. Ben and I'll drink good stuff this weekend, and that's right. And not tell Brandon at TJ's um, house. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like who doesn't have to put their kid down at the other person's house, but who also has to give up the good whiskey? That's <laughs> like, right, baby. There's pros and cons to both. Exactly. All right, so we we talk about bourbon marketing. We've talked about we've woven this subject in between in and out in between several episodes. Um, I read a couple of books. Just before we started the podcast, actually one while we had just started it, I read uh, The Bourbon Empire and I read Pappy Land. And both of those books, uh, Pappy Land, uh, focusing on the life and career of Julian Van Winkle, who started the Pappy Van Winkle line, and uh, The Bourbon Empire, which really went through uh, both modern day bourbon and the history of bourbon. And they both really focused a lot on the idea and the concept of bourbon marketing and how the... Sometimes the story behind a bourbon, which isn't usually or almost never true, uh, or the packaging or the price or the labeling is sometimes the reason we buy things as opposed to the actual juice that's inside. Um, we've talked about this, guys. Like if we, we've done a lot with Buffalo Trace over the last few weeks, if Buffalo Trace says that an item is allocated, it could be there could be 10 million of this allocated item and they are all going to be bought within an hour. Like that's just how that works. Uh, we know that that's how the game works. Yeah. Um, we, we know that something being allocated or having shiny marketing or being in a really cool bottle with a really cool topper or having a date on it that you're special to you does not make the juice any more valuable. We know all that. And yet we still fall into the trap. And if we see an allocated bottle at retail on any shelf, we're all three buying. buy it buy immediately, it. immediately. Uh, yep. We know that we know that like this could be on the shelf right next to a 1920 and the 1920 could be inherently better. And we're buying this over the 1920, like yeah. every time. Why? Why? And we know, like we know the marketing game. I keep it out. I keep saying it over and over and over again. Why? Well, Britain, how about this? Like how about this? Oh, I, I'm very pensive. But Ben had something to say. You go first. But I'm working on a theory here that I want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's, here's my theory. This is more than a theory. This is the truth. Uh, we've said multiple times that bourbon is about community and stories. You sit down, hang out, and just chat. The problem is, is the makers of this bourbon know that we like stories. So they tell us one to sell their product. And it's told well enough that we're like, all right, we're on board. Let's do this. Blends. First single barrel super you know allocated at the beginning uh jefferson ocean aged at sea the rocking of the boat makes it you know that much better so the stories matter to us and if we can get sold on the story then we can get sold on the bourbon there you that's go very, that's very true it's why marketing is so important because it creates a narrative it creates uh it impacts the way you view anything. I mean, I mean, marketing's all over it and subliminal marketing that we're not even aware is happening. It's all over the place. Uh, as it applies to bourbon, yeah, the, the heritage of, of bourbon is something that is pumped into uh, that narrative a lot. Like like uh, Blanton's is a good example of it. Elijah Craig is one that's highly disputed like as being like the original bourbon and the actual date they put on the front. Uh, what is it? 1789 1789 it's yeah. disputed like whether that's an actual like legitimate like start of, of when elijah craig started making bourbon 
uh, in America. I don't know uh, what I will and how that impacts it is it, tough to, to say. Go back a few months ago, guys, when we played a mean trick on Ben with Eagle Rare and he thought it was Basil Hayden. Yeah, Dick uh, it, yeah that was TJ's idea uh, for what it's worth. <laughs> Brandon was super stoked about it. <laughs> I would never do something like that. To you, ben. <laughs> uh, think about me. how perception impacted the way Ben viewed what's one of his favorite like bourbons at the price uh assuming you can find equal rare at 30 dollars uh he thought it was basil hayden which he doesn't like and he gave a really bad score to the basil hayden now he was suspicious along the way to credit ben and his palate but uh the marketing of basil hayden being this just kind of like 80 proof and having the expectation what is versus equal rare which it's got the name rare in it. It's got a pretty cool bottle is a Buffalo trace and, and all these things that he knows that weighs on the way Ben thought about this. Um, and that impacts all of us. Bottling impacts all of us. Uh, knowing the story behind it does too. We're kind of at the will of, of these people who do the marketing and, and um, I would like to say it makes a difference to like, or does it make a difference uh, in that you could just, appreciate something blind but like no a cool bottle is going to to certainly impact a cool story behind the bottle is going to impact the way we all uh, perceive it and view it i think that the power of suggestion is so um so real um and not only the bottles that we buy but just anything right like if we're drinking if we were all drinking the same bourbon right now and i told you like hmm, i'm getting an orange zest whether you were getting that before or not you're going to be like hmm now yeah. I'm picking that up, you know, yeah, like orange yeah. zest. I get that. Like Kara asks me a lot of times when she tries things like, oh, what is this supposed to taste like? You know, oh, what should I be tasting here? And I try and tell her like, whatever you think it tastes like, like, you know, your, your sweet, you know, uh, taste buds, maybe picking something up. My salty taste buds, maybe picking up something up and the sour ones, maybe, you know, like you're going to taste what picks up to you. So I don't want to tell you chocolate because as soon as I tell you that you're, you know, the, the flavors in bourbon are, are almost not, they're so subtle at times that they're almost not strong enough to like overtake when your mind gets chocolate into it. When your mind gets chocolate into it, like that's all it can taste, right? Like, and that's where the power of suggestion comes in. And so it happens from the, from the level of the store and, and your buy, that you're buying it at all the way down to drinking in the glass. I've read in those two books that in Japan and in other countries, they price Jim Beam way higher than they do here. Because it's just marketing, uh, you know. In those cultures, um, it is more favorable to spend more on something. Where we're like bourbon on a budget, or we're like, oh, where can we, where can we find the best value for the cheapest cost? Like whatever. We're very frugal, right? Or uh, not saying it backwards, but like we're we're cheap on things. They're not like that in other countries. They want to spend more money, and so they price like Jim Beam and products that we would look, you know, Jim Beam White Label. And products that we would look at as just kind of being cheap, um, they price them higher there so that people will actually buy them because they won't buy them at like 18 bucks a bottle. They just won't. You know, like they would look at that as like, mm, nah, I'm not buying that. So anyway, just some something to kind of consider marketing becomes such a huge story. You know, um, most whiskey is not even priced at like how difficult it is to like a lot of beer. So Brian, we talked about this, like a lot of craft beer. Um or just being like into craft beer at one point is a lot of craft beer is very um, like very labor intensive. Like some of your bigger stouts and stuff like that, like they're really, really expensive to make, right? Like the, 
the adjuncts and the things that they throw in those stouts. Basically, every IPA costs about the same to make. And that's why every IPA is about the same price. Like you don't have IP, you know, you don't have stuff that's like way, way higher, unless it's just kind of like super allocated or super hard to find. Um, bourbon at the end of the day, like depending on like how if, if you're aging something at the same length of time it costs the same thing to make it right like it's not like it's any more or less expensive you're using the same you know now can can rye be a little more expensive than wheat or different things like that yes i mean for sure uh corn, corn absolutely yeah. but if you're if you're looking at like a similar mash bill a similar age similar proof like it should be the same price but it's not like you see stuff all the time that like has way varying prices proof doesn't matter mash bill doesn't matter Eight, you know, Wild Turkey calls their stuff high rye and proof is way up on it and they sell it for way, way cheap. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they, so anyway, all that said to say the prices are set at whatever they want it to be set at, right? They put a nice label on it. They put a horse on the top of it and all of a sudden you charge more. So anyway, I've rambled for a minute. I'll let you guys go for a sec. Is Blanton's the, that when you pitched this idea the other day, TJ, about doing this, this topic of, of marking how it impacts us blanton's and the horse on the top was the first bourbon i thought of is that the quintessential like idea of an overpriced bourbon that that is hyped up by marketing and, and appeal and and to me that's the first one i thought of i don't know if you guys have a better example but that's the quintessential uh overhyped market induced bourbon out there yeah, it's 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 it is relatively at bars. It is relatively easy to find. You you can find blends at just about every bar um, that you go to um, that that has like a, you know more than just Woodford or yeah you know, yeah you know, good bull, high, high, end, high end bars high end bars that'll have Buffalo Trace stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, every cigar bar that that you go to has it. You know, and they don't have to be like a crazy great cigar bar or anything. You know, so a lot of places have it. Um, not super hard to find. Ben and I were at a couple of places on city walk that had it fairly easily, fairly, fairly quick to find. In fact, they had like single barrel bottles of it. You know, we were at animal kingdom and I think they had one, um, at that yeah. restaurant we went to in animal kingdom. We didn't end up getting that cause we wanted the store pick. So, but it is, it's rarely easy or it's, it's fairly easy to find in stores, but yeah, I 100% agree that it is the, the one that's marketed like that. But I mean, I think of other ones too. I mean, we talked about for me. I would disagree and say that Pappy has got to be the the most overhyped. Yeah, probably the best marketed overhyped uh, bottle out there. And well, I, the reason I, the, well, what I, I judge that from, that. Though, yeah, I what I judge that. that from is is MSRP to uh, cost on the like secondary or in restaurants. But is that even marketing? Like that's more like consumer driven, right? No, no, one hundred percent. But I'm just saying overhyping. To to me, marketing is is like the is the is making people go out and buy it, but mm -hmm. the hyping is all on the consumer side. It's like paying above, you know, MSRP and that kind of stuff. And so you can go out and get a bottle of Pappy that MSRP is at you know 75, 60 bucks, and that trades on the secondary for 10 times that, 10, yeah. thousand, 11 times yeah. that. Yeah. Right. So that's and blends isn't in that realm. It's you know, it's a two times bottle if you can find an MSRP. So I, in my head, the, the immediate one is Pappy because I can go and talk to any person who's never heard of bourbon and I can say Pappy and they'll be like, Oh yeah, it's a, they know, so, it, they know what it is. And, and so, Blends is very close to that. Don't get me wrong. But so I Pappy think you're, Blends. I think you're both right. Brendan's right on the, on the aspect of like 
the way that it's marketed, like more from the distillery and more from bars and more from like the man, right? And Pappy is much more of a secondary, like overhyped by the consumer type thing. Mm-hmm. I think most consumers don't hype Blanton's like that because they understand that it is average juice. Um, mm. Or ab- I'd say above average. I'll take that back. Blanton's is above average juice. Like if we were to rate it, we would give it up five and a half or six out of 10 before value, right? Like it's not bad by any means. It's it's better right. than a lot of things. But then for value, not being able to find it is is tougher. Um, so anyway, all that said, um, Blanton's is one, Brendan, that I thought of you know, Pappy, certainly really anything from the Buffalo trace line, which we'll, we'll talk about allocation a little bit more here in just a second. Mm-hmm. Another one to me is um, not a good one. Will it pot still? I think the one that, that's a bottle that is absolutely marked. People that are, have not had that buy it because of the bottle. A hundred percent. I did. I literally just finished it off with an old fashioned for Kara on Monday night. Thank God that that bottle is gone. And now I only have the 1.75 um, of it left. Oh, is that all? That'll go quick. Holy crap. Jeez. But I think that's a bottle that um, very similarly is sought after. Not sought after. That's a bad way to say it. But like because of its bottle is purchased with some of the worst juice that that absolutely exists. So um, it's valued almost exclusively because of the bottle, because of the marketing. There is no way that that is being behind counters at ABC or something that's getting moved quickly at any other shop. If it's not for that bottle, there's no way. Right. That's that's a good example. Yeah. That's a good one. Can you think of more? I mean, we kind of are doing this off the cuff. We wanted this to be more Uh, of a conversation. I'll do. How about I go from the opposite direction? Like there's bottles that. That's what she said. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's bottles. Like I just don't buy because. Because the marketing, marketing sucks. It's is a nightmare. Like I'll go and then I'll look at like Noah's Mill and Rowan's Creek or whatever, those bottles. And I look at them like these are wine bottles. And I just, I don't, I'm not attracted. And supposedly like they're pretty good stuff. Like they have, what's the, uh, what's like the cast strength one? It's like 115. That's, uh, a Noah, that's a Noah's Mill for that. Right. right? And that, that's supposed to be like really good. And I just, I can't get myself to buy it. I go in there. I'm like, okay. I have a, a bottle of wine at the house that's, it looks exactly the same on the label and you know, can't, can't, I can't do it. But that just from the, from the opposite direction there, it's like, they just, it doesn't appeal to me on a, you know, sitting on the shelf kind of thing. You also this said not, that about Peerless. It's my choice, by the way. Ben hates this label. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's old scalp. Oh, smooth Ambler. It's MGP juice. Yeah. It's almost, it's 99 proof. It's very, very good what's inside the bottle, but um, yeah, Ben doesn't like the, the smooth Ambler, uh, design it is very boring very generic and some of the other stuff that they have he said it looks like someone drew on it with crayon yeah I, I I, rude go ahead yeah i picked up a bottle of uh uh michter's 10-year bourbon like two weeks ago and i remember getting that bottle and being like this is a great juice and the bottle is better like the bottle is so solid i was like i i love holding the bottle buying I'm like that you look at it and you're like man that's great looking that's great looking. So there's just oh. bottles that hit for me and some that don't. Spoiler huh? alert, one that we're going to review later this week, a bottle that's amazing, the Smoke Wagon. Hey, both the unco- yeah. Isn't that awesome? Great um, bottle. So, like, yeah, I think we're all kind of trying to weigh, like, bottle matters. Like, that's part of it. And you'd like to say it doesn't, that we're all above that. But, like, no, like, the, ba- the bottle yeah. is part of the story and part of the experience. And if it's a cool enough bottle, it's one that you can keep. It's an infinity bottle. Like, there's mm-hmm. – 
some level of value. That's yeah. kind of what this show is all about, right? Is we're trying to find what the value of different bourbons and, and whiskeys in general are, but that that's part of it. It is for sure. I don't know the exact amount and ratio, but but the bottom matters. It shouldn't be, but it is. You know? It definitely is. But I will say this: like unlike Ben, who would have never brought bought the Peerless that I introduced him to, yeah. I will buy something if heavily recommended. If the bottle is not great, I will show you a couple of bottles that I love. I love the Mictors bottles. Uh, this is the actual toasted barrel, but the Mictors bottles are just so like they're just like classic. Like cowboys around a campfire, but I don't know if you can say that in 2021 anymore without getting canceled. But like well, just cowboys in a campfire, is that I right? don't know. Who Looks knows good. who that's gonna offend? I like the Mictors bottles a lot. Um, this Jack Daniels bottle, Jack Daniels, just regular black label Jack Daniels. Like that's a great bottle. Like I, I, the juice is whatever to me. Oh, it's um, that's it's that's quintessential. Fan, it is it's a I, fantastic bottle. Barbers use it like as like a spritzer for like because it's oh, such yeah. a so, bourbon. Uh, this bullet, one that we bullets, got. another oh that Jack Daniel's single barrel stuff is pretty pretty, pretty classy good. looking. I like mm -hmm. the bullet. I like the bullet. Um, and then I want to talk about this. We we're gonna move into some allocation stuff for sure. And I don't if you have any other th thoughts on marketing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Every every Buffalo Trace product, and and it's not maybe I'm just buying into the game right now. Name a Buffalo Trace product with a bad bottle. I mean the Weller's. Um, I'll pull it to the Weller's. Yeah, it's Weller's okay. It's kind of bottles to me. It's kind of not a bad bottle to me. To me, um, no, but it's not bad. I like it. Uh, like it's, it's I think their bottles. I think their bottles get boring as you go up the line. Like if you yeah. if you look at all the BTAC bottles, like they're not like super like amazing design. It's just they don't need to put the design element into it because they're gonna see i like the horns on the georgie stag i do i like the stag one the other ones are yeah, boring yeah. to me but the stag one i have an infinity bottle going right now with uh an old stag bottle partially yeah. it's probably stag too uh each taylor i like the the yellow on the label and it looks old-fashioned but the bottle's just kind of man yeah i and labeling matters in the bottle too so i mean we'll say that you know like the labeling of it um certainly buying into the buffalo trace hype is a big deal for sure. Okay, mm -hmm. so allocation. We talked a little about marketing. We we brought up allocation just very mm -hmm. briefly. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on on that? Like, would is there any allocated bottle out there on the market right now that you wouldn't buy at retail? Um, yeah, probably Blanton's. So I, so, I passed yeah. on, I passed on Blanton's before at, at retail. retail? At uh, le less than that, it was at Costco for like fifty five, and I I didn't get it. Yeah. Because you didn't Which, know about our next sec topic with the secondary market. Oh, uh, well, yeah. I mean, actually, at that <laughs> point, I wasn't playing. really aware of the secondary market. But no, I paid like $110 for my first bottle of Blanton, $75 for the second. And by the third, I was like, no, not again. You're not getting me a third time plan. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Yeah, what was the I'm, question again? <laughs> are, there any, are there any allocated bottles at retail that you wouldn't get right now? Yeah. Uh, probably Elijah Craig. Uh Barrel proof, supposedly the B five twenty one is not great, so I probably wouldn't buy that. That's like a seventy dollar bottle. I feel like if I can find other bottles at seventy dollars that are just as good without having to search it out. I think allocation is a topic that comes very. Uh, uh, it's very like inside. So like people who are just like want to go out and find a nice bottle of bourbon that aren't in the bourbon scene, they wouldn't know or even get their hands or be able to buy one. So it's kind of like segmenting it, it ostracizes a, a, a group of people so is there a bottle that i wouldn't buy at that price yeah 
probably that Elijah Craig. I don't like Elijah Craig's uh, bottles. Um, I've passed on Weller, like Special Reserve, which at this point is allocated. Like I used to be able to find it at $22 all the time in South Georgia. And and eventually I had like two or three and I knew it was starting to get ex- you know rare and, and more expensive. And I had chances to buy it again, like in that same price range. And I was just like, no, I had too deep and I did not need yeah. any anymore at that point. It just was very average to me. I could find better bottles at $30 uh, compared to what that what I was getting in that for 25 That was another yeah. one. I got a special reserve for 18 the other day for well, um, that's a good price. <laughs> yeah, for ABC. Um, we should review that. It's not like a a, a world beater, mind blowing type thing, but it was good for it's a good bottle for 18 bucks. For 18, like, if you get it for sub 20, yeah, that's uh, yeah, a, a hard one to beat. But once you start getting it, 25 to 30, uh, questionable. Yeah, Ben, you had a thought there. I kind of cut you off with the uh, special yeah. I, I was about to say I, I passed on that. Uh, that Weller at ABC because I was like, ah. and they complained about it the whole way home. So you don't get a, you don't get well, a pass. you know, he was complaining yeah. that he passed it like, like buyers, well, lack of buyers, oh, yeah. remorse. lack of buyers, remorse. Man, yeah. I just, I'm not a huge weak guy and I'm like, ah, whatever. Like, it's not, like, not nice. a big deal, but there's some bottles that you're like, Oh, I probably should have at least one Weller product in my collection just so right. I can be like, Oh yeah, I can have it. That that's because I want to drink it. Cause I want to just have it in my collection, you know, kind of like street cred. So what I'll say is, it's very. It would be very hard for me to pass up on a lot of allocated bourbons at retail, um, unless I just had an exorbitant amount of them. Because, like you said, Ben, even some of them. We'll, we'll get in the secondary market here in just a minute. But even like that that uh, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof, that's like 70, 80 bucks, right? That only flips for like a hundred. So you know, even if yeah. you know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna buy that. Flip it off. What I will say is that like. Bottles like this, like 55, 60 bucks, this is the best gift you could possibly give people. Like, yeah, people that are new so, TJ, so TJ like is holding me, up a, a Blanton's for people listening. Oh, yeah. Sorry for the for the listeners. Um at $55, like I think I, I actually have an extra one of these. I think it's going to end up going to my stepdad for um his birthday, right? Like, and he will flip that I gave him this, right? And so yeah. I don't know. To me, they kind of make great, great gifts. Um, and then anything that's like more highly sought after, like some of your high-end Weller products, some of your high-end BTAC products. Um, yeah, I'm not passing those up very often. I guess Buffalo Trace, I, Buffalo Trace is not an allocated product though. So like that's a little bit different. It's, it's kind, of, it's yeah, kind it of hard to it's kind of hard to find, but I've passed that up at retail, but I also have a lot of it around right now. Have a lot of it in a uh in a uh, aging barrel, aging, aging barrel. Sheesh, no, no brain here tonight. Um, that uh, we will try in the next two or three months. Yeah. Um. All right, let's go here and let's uh, let's move on to our last segment. But let's have this conversation real quick. A lot of people, I feel like, are afraid to talk about this or don't want to talk about this. But I mean, it's a real thing that exists, and so I, I mean, I don't mind kind of just kicking it off. Um, I feel like I've been talking a ton, so I'll let Brendan either ask me a question or start out here, or you kind of take this conversation in whatever direction you want it to go in. But uh, the secondary market, the big bag wolf of the, uh, of the bourbon industry. Um, what are your thoughts on the secondary market, Brennan, or what questions right. do you have? Well, or where are we at? So I will uh, preface this by saying that the secondary market is technically, uh, we would say it's illegal, right? Like the, you can't resell whiskey without um, a license, right? Without a license. Yes. So, illegal. so, I'm just throwing it out there. If you're not, if you don't know, you know now. Um, 
Now, that being said, there are tons and tons, hundreds and thousands of Facebook groups. And um, I actually read a story pretty recently, like about like Facebook kind of cracking down on that. And yeah, and, and how that secondary market through Facebook is kind of responsible for the jacked up prices of Blanton's and Pappy's. So um, it's a home for where people will get bourbons, flip it, and, and the price just keeps going up because uh, people keep buying it, right? That's that's part of what that secondary market dictates. Um, so that's what the secondary market is. Uh, so you got to be careful with that. Um, I guess, what advice, I guess, would you give to, to people? Well, can we give advice to people, TJ, on the secondary market? Like, uh, uh, Sure. But like, how would just, uh, what, we'll, we'll what would you be careful with it? What would you be careful? Like if say someone was going on the secondary market, understood the risks inherent to that, like what are potential downfalls and, and risks of it? And I guess what are potential benefits of, of going to that secondary market to try to get a, a coveted bottle of, of whiskey? So some bottles are going to be um, worth that secondary price to you. Um, no matter what the risks are. Right. So the first risk is, is obviously like Brenda mentioned, it is illegal. Right. Um, as is not wearing a seatbelt, as is going five miles an hour over the speed limit, right? There are things that are illegal that are done that are kind of not going to be advocated, but um, a lot of you guys are already doing them anyway. So I don't, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you how you live your life. Have, have you guys gotten a hurt? Well, I know you haven't. Have you heard of anyone? Because you're good choir boys who would never do anything like this. But have you heard of anyone who's gotten busted for selling on the secondary or buying on no, the secondary? Never once. Um, uh, not directly, but, but I have, uh, know of someone who was in a group who got busted for selling, um, and they got found out through Venmo and, and there was, uh, like they put like a whiskey, the whiskey emoji, the whiskey glass emoji yeah. on Venmo and they got found out that way. Uh, and I found out by like Venmo or the feds or like what? I think it was like, no, I got pushed up to federal people. It wasn't just Venmo. And, it has and to be I, ATF. Yeah. And I don't think like it was as huge. Like people weren't going to jail. I don't even know they were facing fines. It's more like slap on the wrist kind of deal. Um, yeah. But, and same thing, like if you like were to ship a bottle through you know, UPS or, or FedEx and that broke and they found that out, I've heard. Uh, before that you get kind of like a warning kind of deal but but obviously i mean there yeah there are consequences to it i just don't know if they're like super severe or not you have you know it's like with anything else you know you have to you know there's not a super severe consequence for a uh a, you know speeding right by like five miles ten miles an hour you know i i actually used to ship not like not like in any well shipping alcohol is illegal so I was going to say not in a legal way, but I, I just had a buddy that moved out to Texas and loved beer from one of our local breweries here. And so he would just pay me the cost of it. He wouldn't give me any more money. I wasn't making any money. Um, and then I'd ship it up and send it to him. Right. Well, I, I had a couple of boxes that, or I, well, just one, I had one box that didn't make it. And I got a letter from FedEx like, Hey, this isn't really allowed. If you apply for the right kind of license, you can ship alcohol, but it's a very expensive license that like only, liquor stores and things like that have. So again, yeah, be very careful if, if you are shipping, receiving alcohol, because again, it's, it's not legal. Um, it's actually, I want to say it's only really illegal through the USPS, but it's against the rules through FedEx UPS. Um, you know, kind of a gray area there. If, if you get caught multiple times with it, you are certainly going to get in trouble. Uh, you know, if you're in some of these Facebook groups, if this is something you're kind of looking at, I mean, just be aware, like 
a lot of these bottle purchases are not happening as like full on bottle purchases. Like Blanton's on the secondary market is going to go between $110 and $120, right? So it's a $55, $60 bottle. It goes for about double its price on the secondary market. We've talked about how some of the Pappies go for like seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times their value. Those obviously are much more rare, much more allocated. And that's why the prices on those go way up. Uh, Blanton's, you can. Kind of, I don't see you can find anywhere, but you can kind of find a Blanton's anywhere. Like it's not that hard. If you look hard enough, you could probably find it within you like can, a few months. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Where Pappy comes out once a year, there's not a lot of bottles for different places. Like it's very difficult to get a Pappy. Um, so that's what drives the price up. You know, a lot of these bottles are not being sold. Like people aren't just on these groups and in these uh, messages and on these boards and stuff buying things outright. A lot of the way that this happens is through raffles. Um, and so you you buy into a raffle with um you know however many spots the raffle are that's how you know the 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 price of the bottle divided by that many spots is what you pay per spot and you buy however many spots you want and you have a one in whatever chance of winning so if a bottle is a hundred dollars and there's 10 spots based on whatever um you know whatever lottery is running that night or whatever randomizer is running that night um you know you buy a spot at 10 bucks you have a 10 percent chance of winning the bottle it's kind of a cheap way to get an expensive bottle uh, cheaper way. It's also a cheap way to uh, throw away 10 bucks because you have a 90% chance of losing. So uh, that's how a lot of these bottles are sold. So when we tell you that uh, George C. Stagg's like a $650 bottle of uh, bourbon, a lot of people aren't truly paying $650 for that. They're, they're playing in a raffle that uh, gives them a chance at winning it. Maybe they're buying two or three spots because they feel lucky on some certain numbers or whatever. So uh, don't go out and spend $650 on a bottle of anything. I mean, unless you really, really want it. Like Ben and I really, really want birthday bourbons for our, our kids' birthday years. Right. Um, probably I'm not going to buy secondary on that. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I'm just kind of like holding out for the ABC Bald invite that has that on it, which they yeah. sent one out today. And it was all wine, so they can go to hell. Oh, but, um, man. That's, <laughs> that's never, before. It is yeah. so disappointing. Oh, man. I was on a big meeting today too, Ben. And that came yeah. in like while I was on the meeting. Got to go, guys. And, like, Priorities. Oh, like on a massive meeting. But I could not just turn away. And uh, – <sighs> Gosh. But then I opened it up while I was in the meeting. I was like, oh, why? Like, who cares? Like, I just kept, I was like, what a bunch of yeah. suckers. So I, um, I got a question for you guys on secondary. Well, like, okay. One thing to be careful of is also like people will buy bottles, like just the bottle empty and fill it up and resell it. So be careful of that. Make sure like there's some legitimacy of where you're trying to go. Uh, second, I had a question. Would a liquor store that's jacking up a price of something be considered secondary like or is that still first and just a just a rip off like I, no that's secondary to me because okay. uh, right. to me secondary is not necessarily who has it or had it because i mean if you think about it in that perspective like you know obviously the bottle was sold to a distributor that, right that someone was has had sold it to at a, some point. yeah so secondary to me is about pricing not necessarily who is selling okay. it because so, the 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 liquor store is like the third person to sell it right like the the distillery sold it first and the then distributor. the distributor sold it, and now the liquor store is selling it. Okay, so, that makes sense. So secondary is more about the pricing. Retail is the pricing that the general public can get. Secondary is the second best price that they can get. So that's if you're going like onto Facebook and buying something, then you're paying like there's four tiers of people. So everyone's making money like up to that point. You're paying each of those. You're paying the distillery, you're paying the distributor. 
you're probably paying a liquor store and then you're paying the person who's selling it as well. So just something to be mindful of. Uh, what's the most money that you guys have spent or highest percentage you guys have spent on a secondary a bottle that you felt okay with, like that you were okay overpaying? And I'll start because uh, I have this in mind, so I asked the question so I could you know, just ramble and talk. George T. Stag, I spent $450 on a bottle at a liquor store. Um, it was a bourbon that I, I knew I liked, loved from trying uh, at at different bars. And I had looked for it for, I, I saw it at a certain store. I looked for about a year and a half, couldn't find it anywhere else, tried looking online, tried looking at every time I go into different stores, would ask about it, nothing, nothing, nothing. Eventually, like I said, you know what? I've been looking for this long enough. I still want it. I knew where I could find it. If it was still there, I went back to that store. It was still there. Uh, I think it was like 400 to 450. I talked about a little bit on it, but but still it was about three to four times above uh, a suggested retail price. Ben, do you have anything? You talked about one at Christmas one time. Didn't you guys have to overpay for a bottle? Or how did oh, that work? yeah. That was at a, just a straight liquor store though. So I don't know if I would qualify that as like, secondary and i think it was just like at msrp it was just a terrible bottle that was ah, okay yeah you know, not necessarily um but there are bottles that like and I've, you know i certainly have no experience with buying anything on the secondary market most because i'm too cheap but there are bottles that i'm like man i really want this bottle and i don't have access to it so like what would be the best option like what seems the most feasible as far as pricing wise and i've looked you know you, you think the uh the Mictors uh, barrel strength rise. I think those are on the secondary market for like 180, 200 bucks. Yeah, you you overpaid for one of those a little bit because I got it for you. Oh right, 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 right. Slightly, like but a, not, but not a ton. Like we were that was like in a pack or something like that. But yeah, we're I feel magic there. I feel like there's a lot of value there in those. Like I, I would like I'm like I don't know if I would directly just buy it, you know, at that price. But I can see me being like, man, I really want this bottle. That's probably like one that I'd be like, okay. I can see me having to spend a little more money to get it. But um, I, I just feel like I like the hunt more than anything else. So I'd rather just spend, you know, 30 hours of my time trying to find a, a bottle of MSRP. Yeah. Forget, forget about the, the money. The time is money. And exactly. Forget about that. Whatever. You know, just go and try to so, find something. That was part of the up, fun though. I'm looking up right now. Um, what the price of this is MSRP. Um, yeah, hundred dollar. So I I overpaid by some something by one hundred and seventy dollars, um, which is the going secondary rate. Um, but uh, I well, got a bottle. What was I got a, oh, sorry, you're saying it? Oh, shout out, TJ. I'll I'll even get out of the way for the folks on YouTube. It's that Bland's Gold over my left shoulder. Um, hundred dollar bottle. I got it at two seventy. Uh, but it has my daughter's due date on it. Also has her the letter of her name has the letter on the horse. Um, it's tough to pass that one up. Um, I haven't drank that. can't tell you if the juice is any good or not, uh, but that was doesn't one. Even I, matter. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't even matter. matter. <laughs> but that was a bottle that I was comfortable paying for. To me, Brendan, to answer your question, it's got to be those sentimental things. I love Mictor's Toasted Barrel. Um, this is a $250, $300 bottle on the secondary market. I, I would never pay that. Um, I, I won this. Um, I would never pay $300 for this. It's not that good to me. It's slightly better than the 1910, <laughs> right? Like, and so it's, it's good. It's great. Um, but there's a reason it MSRP is at like 70, 80 bucks, not 300. 
which is what it goes for in the secondary market. To me, it's just not worth that. Um, the other thing that I will, if if I don't get it through the vault, the other thing that I will overpay for one day is the birthday bourbons um, with my kids' years on them. So the 19, I'm sorry, 19, whoo, for the uh, 2018 and the 2020 um, yep. so that I can drink those with them when they turn 21. Uh, those would be the only other two things that I would overpay like significantly for. Other than that, you know, I mean, I don't mind overpaying by like 10, 20 bucks if it's a good bottle, but I'm not paying like outrageous secondary prices on stuff because I just don't care that much. Yeah. One thing that I also is good for like in my head benchmarking like secondary, like if you find a bottle that's like, for example, we got some uh, BTEC uh, handies, Heather Rise a couple of years or like last year, like an MSRP. And that's like a hundred dollar bottle that trades secondary for like 600 bucks. And so if you say, all right, I can get, you know, 20 pours or 30 pours out of that bottle, then the value of me having, you know, sitting down and having a drink is like, you know, 20 or 30 bucks. Right. And so then it lets me kind of go and be like, all right, who do I want to drink this bottle with? Cause I know it's like super special. And the, the conversation I usually have is if I'm going to pour you a drink, and lay a $20 bill down next to it, you're free to choose either one. But if you would choose the 20 bucks, then you might as well just say, hey, take the 20 and you know, not drink the, the bourbon. And so like, I'll use that as kind of like a weird like mental, like thought process of like, hey, all right, who do I want to drink this Pappy with? Or who do I want to drink this B-Tech with? And just understanding like those kind of like metrics. So it's just, it's just weird. Cause like I said, I'm cheap. So have you actually put down the 20 before? No, it's usually me explaining to those people that I won't drink them with them because I know they would take the $20. <laughs> I, I tend to do – okay, so like – okay, so uh, if we want to talk more about secondary, we can. We, we've probably spent – I'm just looking at the clock uh, – enough time on it. But I will say this. Um, speaking of that little uh, – you know, he gets enough shout-outs on here. But speaking of that little uh, cork, um, that uncorking of that bottle, my buddy Joe texted me. And said he can't hear a, a cork be unpopped without expecting to hear acoustic guitar right behind it. <laughs> so uh, we do have the we do uh, have the best. Oh, screw top! I was um, man. I don't even remember where I was going with that. So anyway, it must not have been that important. Ben, what were you talking about? Just before? oh, no. you? Yeah. yeah. So when I have people, so when I have people over, that's when I try to drink my allocated things. Like I, mm -hmm. I try to drink my. Just kind of regular run of the mill, whatever you know, uh, on a, any given night. Yeah. And when I have people over, that's when I kind of pull out the special stuff. I, 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 as much as I love this, I haven't even been. There have been three people that have had a drink of this before, since more recently than I have. Ben's one of them. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't drink this when I'm just sitting at home by myself. And not that I don't love it, but I, I like we've talked about it, it's community, man. It's just sharing it with people, yeah. uh, which I like just so much more. The right people. That's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. There yeah, is like a people, level of like all right. people that come over that have no clue about you know, like right. I'm not sharing that. But if man, if they're into it, man, I'm all about like oh, definitely. popping that out for them because I I know that I like it. You know, it's more about like introducing them something new and putting them on the same hunt. So, anything else we want to hit on for the secondary market before we go and replace a uh, another secondary box? Uh, real quick, mm. with that in mind, I uh, I may have shared a expensive, allocated, uh, highly marketed bourbon with my father this weekend mm, tell us about you it you guys ever hear of pappy van winkle hmm? never heard of it <laughs> never heard of her all right so i got i got a 15 year pappy van winkle i've talked about it before uh here on the podcast it's one that i have almost always exclusively like 
drink with someone else. I like to share it with people. Uh, about halfway through the bottle now as a result of that, but it's worth it because you get to uh, people who understand what, what Pappy, what that name means. Uh, th there's an inherent value and appreciation for it. It's just a cool thing to share with people who would otherwise not be able to find it, right? It's difficult for a lot of people to find. Um, and I'm lucky enough to have a bottle. My father in the past year, and he's always like, he'll do Manhattans and stuff, but he started drinking bourbon neat and trying out different things. He got a basil Hayden, loved it. Uh, then like now he's halfway through it and he's tried other bourbons. He's like, ah, I kind of hate it now. Like he can't finish the the basil Hayden. So he's tried other stuff. He got like a Joseph Mangus that he would, like. Eagle rare. Oh yeah. He would, he would probably know that he's not stupid enough to get that confused. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, so anyways, he started to appreciate long story short. He started appreciating bourbon a little bit more and I hadn't been able to see him during the pandemic. He's in his seventies. So like, you know, we want to be kind of, kind of careful with that. So anyways, everyone's good to go now was able to travel down, safely see him uh, the, this past weekend. First time I've seen him in a year and change. Uh, and I brought down a few different uh, bourbons, including an Eagle Rear, Ben, uh, not to be confused with Basil Hayden, uh, but also a little sample of Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, he's never heard of Pappy Van Winkle before. Uh, so he didn't quite have an idea of like what its prestige was. Uh, and so I gave him a, I gave him you know the whole entire sample to try. Took a shot. Just shoot it. It wasn't right quite as bad as taking a shot, but and my dad watches this. So, so Pops, I love you. He poured, he has these, the big ice balls. He poured it into a, a big ice ball, uh, a, a big uh, big glass with a big ice ball in it. Um, nice. And he, Coke? No Coke, no Coke. But I will say. Shout so out, Allie. It was, it was interesting. Shout out, Allie. Uh, he, I mean, he enjoyed it. He saw its value. He thought it was really good. After that, like the next day, and I didn't say anything. I didn't want to tell him, like you know, you drink the whiskey. The you know, like the like the whiskey tribe guys say, whiskey is the way you, know, you like it. Um, that that's the best way to enjoy it, right? I butchered the way they say it, but but I don't want to tell him how to drink it. The next day, we were having bourbon again, and he was like, you know what? He's like, I hate what the ice does to the bourbon here. I was like, I'm gonna get ice stones. So. He's gone from watering it down and having it with Coke or having to mix it to having it with ice to where now he bought some whiskey stones and that's his next evolution. I think the Pappy introduced him to like, hey, I can do this without having to have ice in it. So now it's kind of colder. Yeah. In the next year, guys, uh, I will bring down the Pappy again and hopefully he's doing it in a bourbon on budget uh, Glencairn. So that's I think, right. I think he's moving in that direction and I think Pappy's going to be the reason why. As painful as it was to see him pour it uh, into the ice ball, uh, I, I think it'll it'll have some value there inherently. Mm -hmm. You should just listen to our ice episode. What was he doing? You gotta. Yeah. There's some things you have. There's some things you have to discover <laughs> on your own, uh, and that was his his epiphany. That was his wake up yeah. moment. I'm That's glad cool. you were able to ex uh, experience. I wanted to say experience and share, and I won't say experience, but experience, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, experience that moment because. Again, a really cool moment for me that we talked about was, was sharing that George C. Stag with my stepdad. All right. All that said, we are replacing something tonight. Brendan, you have that bottle too. Let's get to it. Let's get out of here. We'll all right. For, that, that conversation was good though. It was longer than I thought it would be. That's what she said. But it was good. Weller 12. We are replacing Weller 12. Again, last week we replaced Blanton's. Uh, this week, Weller 12, it is a weeded bourbon. It is age 12 years. Weller 12 it is 45% alcohol by volume, so 90 proof. 
Um, I'm not sure if you can look up while I'm rambling here, TJ, the, the MSRP on it, the secondary, uh, you're going to probably spend like $300 or so it's secondary. Two, if you want to go buy it online, not to go crazy right now, but it's like two forty. uh, it's okay. MSRP at ABC is 30 bucks. So, uh, I oh bought it. The reason <laughs> talk about oh, I mean, on that. Uh, if you can, the reason why this is so expensive or one of the reasons why I mean, it is good. This is a good bourbon. Uh, Ben, I'll let you give some, some tasting notes if you, if you'd like, or, uh, so the reason why this is so expensive is because it's a trickle down of Pappy. Pappy Van Winkle is a weeded bourbon from the Buffalo Trace line. Weller 12 is like when people start realizing they couldn't find Pappy anymore or were having to pay too much, they started going to the Weller stuff. Uh, so Weller 12, when mixed with 107, is considered like a poor man's mm -hmm. Pappy, and people will like try to do concoctions. But because 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 it became so uh, popular for people trying to replace the Pappy with with this Weller 12 that led to this getting jacked up in price as well. So that's why this is an expensive bottle. And that's why we're trying to uh, do some brainstorming here to think about, hey, can we replace this? Can we find something better uh, that's similar at a much lower price is more readily available? The old so, trickle down economics. Mm -hmm. So what I will tell you is in that reading that Pappy Land book, Weller 12 is a good product. Um, we're not uh, we're not crapping on the product so much as we were last year with, uh, last year, last week with blends. Um, mm -hmm. When Julian Van Winkle, who started again the, the Pappy Van Winkle line, uh, travels, he travels with a flask in his pocket, and it's always filled with Weller 12. So literally the guy that tastes every Pappy that gets out into bottles uh, to make sure that at Buffalo Trace it measures up to his standards and his family name, that guy carries around Weller 12 all the time to drink it. And so good product, hard to find. Uh, I've gotten it twice through yeah. ABC's Vault program, which we've covered extensively on this show. Um, hey, us ABC sponsorship. Yeah. Let's go. I just called them. You know, I just cussed them out earlier, so maybe not the best episode to ask for that. But uh, for that wine BS they put on. Um, but uh, yeah, so a good product. We're not we're not replacing this. It's just hard to find. Very very yeah. difficult to find, especially in Florida. Um, find it a little easier other places, but yeah, not, not here. Um, Brendan, you're the one that kind of told us all about it. You're the one with the sample of it. Um, go ahead and give us your replacement. You go first. Uh, so real quick, uh, what do we like about Weller 12? I, I will say what, what is good about it is super maple syrupy pancake, uh, very friendly, mm -hmm. very uh, accessible palate wise. Mm -hmm. uh, I can understand why Mr. Van Winkle, uh, Julian it is, right? Uh, Mr. Van Winkle is what we'll call him. Uh, for these yes, purposes, sure. why he, why Mr. Julian Van Winkle carries this around in a flask to share with people? Because I think whether you are a bourbon fanatic or someone who's just getting into it, you would appreciate it because it is very nice. What I don't like about it, it's a little thin. It's at ninety proof. Uh, yeah, the twelve years gives it a little bit of complexity and layers of of uh, like some oakiness and vanilla go with that uh, maple syrupy vibe that comes with the the weeded mash bill. But it's thin. It just does not. To pay $300 for a 90-proof mm. bourbon is a toughie. So what I am choosing to contend with it, to replace it potentially in my collection, Maker's Mark 101. It is the Maker's Mark mash bill. Uh, this was a limited release, although I have the feeling they're going to probably make this a regular part of their rotation. Uh, it's just at 101 proof. So where Maker's is, I think, 90-proof just like Weller 12. Yeah, Weller 12 is going to be a regular ma Maker's, right, in a head-to-head uh, makers is $25. The 101 is about $40. It's proofed up just a little bit. And going back and forth between the two here, I will say um, 
that little extra proof with the makers. It's also a weeded match built, man. It's, I think the nose is slightly better on the Willer 12, but the flavor and the finish with the makers 101. Yeah. For $50, uh, if you can find, if you, it's much better at $50 than Weller is at a hundred dollars at 200, $300, whatever, unless you can find Weller 12 at $30. Uh, the one one is a really good replacement in my mm-hmm. estimation. Ben, what do you have tonight? So um, originally I was really on board with uh, any of the higher end makers products. They have releases annually that are incredible at that 60 to $70 price point. Um, their makers cask is usually around that 40, $50 price point also. And it's great. But since Brandon took the makers line, I, went with, a I went with a different route and I went with, Wilderness Trail, Bottom and Bond. This is their weeded bourbon. Um, and it is one of the, the highest uh, mash bills for wheat. It says 24% wheat in it. Um, this is not as cheap as your uh, Weller at $30, but you won't be able to find Weller at $30. You're going to be finding it you know, something higher than that. But what you can find less than what you can find Weller for is this. And this is from a little distillery that's growing and is you know becoming more widely available and uh it's a good product hunter proof too so i have two different ones today one that i'm submitting one that fan of the show uh, is submitting first one redemption weeded bourbon um find it for about 45 dollars, so much less or i'm sorry much less than the secondary um, you can find it under 40 at certain places. Like it's not impossible to find a little bit less, but you can find it around 40 to 45 at a lot of places. Um, it's redemption. Uh, TJ is that, is that MGP typically? It is. Okay. It is. Right. Um, but it's got a 51% corn, 45% winter wheat, uh, and Ooh. then a 4% malted barley, super smooth, super easy to drink, much like the Weller 12. Obviously it's not going to have that age on it. That you're going to find at a lot of at, at the uh, uh, Weller 12, nothing that we could suggest is going to be a 12 year weeded that, that you could get for thirty dollars. Um, what what they're what they're doing, yeah. So that is super uncommon. Uh, Total Wine has it in stock at my low my closest Total Wine for forty two dollars. So you can find it from time to time at a little under forty. Um, good price there. Very easy to drink at the high wheat, high corn, no rye. So not a lot of spice, very easy, goes down easy. Um, and it's a little bit higher proof. Uh, if I just read that correctly, um, I was looking at it and want to go back just to make sure that I'm correct on it. But I read that it was a 96 proof. So you get a little bit more heat than you do with the Weller. Uh, for something kind of on par with the heat and also very, very easy to drink, you're not going to get the smoothness, not going to get that 12-year complexity. Again, that doesn't exist anywhere else. Um we reviewed this, not reviewed it, but we talked about it in our Kentucky Derby episode. Uh, the Woodford Weeded. Mm-hmm. Very, very solid weeded. We yeah. had this up at the top, right? Like we had the ride, number one. We had the double oaked and this right behind it. We, we didn't love their standard offering. We didn't love the the malt, which is kind of fun. We, we, we yeah. hated the malt, if I recall correctly, or close uh, to hate. It would be yeah. nice in case they wanted to sponsor us. But the, uh, the weeded... Um, uh, the straight, okay. 
So here's the problem with this. This says it's a straight wheat whiskey. It's not. I mean, it 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 also it, it's higher in wheat, but it's a 52% wheat, 20% malted barley, mm-hmm. 20% corn, 8% rye. And you can get this from 30, 35 bucks. So well, I, I think for it to be straight, any like bourbon, straight, right? Yeah. Rise. It right. doesn't have to be 51%. It has to be the predominant amount. So right. it, it technically is. It yeah. is. It, it's hard to find like a really like what we were looking before the show. What was the one that was like a hundred percent? Oh, yeah. There's very few. Yeah. Um, very difficult. Much easier to find a straight rye at 100% rye than it is mm-hmm. to find 100%. All right. All right. All right. I got to mute him. How do I do this? Uh, who runs this show here? Um, very good. Brendan's talking on mute. That way he joined the rest of us. Um, yeah. Woodford Reserve. I like this product a lot. Like if you, if you look at the Woodford products, I am probably not buying their standard offering much. I, I have a pretty big bottle of their double oaks and I'm probably not buying that a ton either. Um, their rye and their wheat are are fairly good products that you can get for pretty good prices. Um, when you look at your standard offerings, I, I think we liked those the most. And if you're looking for that really, really easy to drink, smooth, sweet, kind of that pancake flavor, man, because you get that bread and you get that caramel. So like it, it's yep. a lot of that maple syrup, a lot of that just, I mean, Ben likes the spicier stuff. I like the sweeter stuff. And so like this is perfect for me. Um Try Woodford uh, weeded, really, really good product for the uh, for the price. Maybe replacing something that you can't find um, all the time. So if you've had Weller Twelve and you wanted that taste again, maybe try some of these suggestions. If you just want to get your hands on some Weller Twelve and you don't want to go into these Facebook groups and get arrested, try some of these suggestions that we've put out there for you. Uh, pursuits and purchases, Brendan, take us home. I think you're the only with anything this week, guys. I had a good week. So I went down to St. Pete, hung out with Pops, like I said. I took him to a couple different liquor stores. I uh, got a couple things. But, Ben, you'd appreciate one of the things I purchased. One-on-one rye. Wild Solid. turkey. Got one of those. Rye. Clutch. Um, yeah, I've seen them in Tallahassee for like $31, $32. And I was like, ah, that's probably a little much. This was like $22 down there. I poured it. I've been sniffing it. Not my cup of tea, not my cup of uh, rye, still a little high for me, but you know what? Uh, we'll work towards it. Um, the other one, speaking of rye and Buffalo Trace products today, I got this in the vault. Actually, my friend got it in the vault, and he didn't want it, so he gave it to me. Nice. Buffalo Trace kosher straight rye recipe. It's 47% ABV, 94 proof. Uh, I'm not sure if the mash bill is 100% rye. I think it is, but, but it is legitimately kosher. Like There's rabbis who... Uh, say this is kosher. So I tried to open it up during the show here. I struggled because I just cut my nails today. It's got a very difficult bottle to open up. But are you serious? I can't do. I've been trying for like ten minutes, and I didn't want people to think I was weird looking down. Look, I can't do it. It's difficult. Wow, this is invigorating. That's uh, yeah, that's wild. So actually, the teeth worked. (laughs) Here we go, baby. Uh, Today on this episode, Brendan learns how to open a bottle. <laughs> I remember my first. Work. I remember my first Buffalo Trace product. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> oh, that's um, so much better already than this nasty ass wild turkey one. I got a pursuit though. Talk to us. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys saw this yet, but oh, Old Forster. Yeah. Oh yeah. Released single barrel, barrel strength rye, and <laughs> since they're on the, uh, you know, since Brown Foreman also owns Jack. I feel like it's going to be a, 
a freaking banger, right? Well, so everything that, that's forest. checking a lot of boxes for Ben there. Right? I know. Like, yeah. I'm hoping, it, I'm hoping it's more available. Yeah. I'm yeah. hoping it's more available than it's, the Jack Daniels one. It's not going to be. I know. It's, uh, gonna you know, be like, it's going to be like it's going to be like their single. Book. What I'll tell you is everything Old Forester does is fantastic. You know, yes. like I, I haven't tried their mint julep. I'll I'll pass on that one. But everything they do is really good. Um. Oh, I lied about my pursuits and purchases. I picked up a bottle of. Old Forester 100 Rye. And, I thought you were about to say the band single uh, barrel. It would have been it would have been good, Brendan. Like it would have been so good if, if that had been the case. But no. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't listening. What was that? Ben thought I was going to say that I picked up a bottle of what he just said he was pursuing. Sorry, Brendan's been trying to open another bottle for the best five minutes. No, I got it. It's just like my fourth bourbon at this point. We're good. So I picked up a bottle of Old Forester 100 Rye and a bottle of 1870, which is their original recipe. Um, both of those are double points right now at my, uh, ABC or at, really at every ABC. They're all the same. So, um, ABC sponsor us. <laughs> so check out, uh, those two. I, I know we really have talked about liking the 1920, the 1910 a ton. The 1897 and the 1870 are both still really good products. They're, they're better than your just average bourbon. The 1870 is about 45 bucks. The, um, 100 rye, I think it was like 20 to 25. So nothing insane there. And so, uh, to get both of them at double points, I was really only going to get the one, and then I saw the other one was double points as well and grabbed it. So not super hard to find, but again, if you're trying to stack up those points, we're about halfway through the year. Points, um, points, points, points. Go points, check them out. The, uh, um, the bottled bond from Old Force, I feel like it's a little like sneakily underrated. No one really talks about it, but it's really good. And I got a sample of it. TJ, you'll appreciate this. The night Willie Taggart was about to be fired, I uh, it was after the Miami game. My friend Elliot, who will who join this podcast at some point, because he's a huge bourbon collector, uh, gave me a sample of the the bottle and bottle of Forrester. I brought it home. I started I, after Willie Taggart and FSU had lost to Miami. I started writing the quote unquote obituary to his obituary. I said it correctly there uh, to his career just then. And, uh, and after I finished it, like at midnight and had it ready to go. And like, we were hearing that he may get fired the next day that ended up happening, had it ready to go. I, uh, I poured a little of, of that bottle and bond. So it was good. That's a very relevant story to, uh, your friend Elliot and everything we've been discussing today. So, um, interesting story though, that like you got that sample, like literally the day before a man lost his job, I wasn't even into bourbon at that point. So if I would have been though. I'll just say I would have had a lot that night. It wasn't uh, celebratory. I'm just. I was gonna say it's the way you presented it sounded pretty celebratory. The fact, no. that, you were, the fact that you were getting to cover another coaching search, um, oh. and your you know bonuses probably went through the roof. Like you gotta love that. So anyway, yeah. All that said, <laughs> he was celebrating with uh, you know the fourth best of the four year uh, lineage there. No, the I said I say the 1870s the fourth best. We should do that at some point. The 1897, that bottle and bond one that you're mentioning is fantastic. It is really, really good. I got this 1870. Haven't had it for a long time. Excited to crack it open and try it. Um, ben, after we've had so much bourbon again, um, we did that blind taste test of those four a long time ago. I'm excited to do that again. We need to get our Patreon yeah, set up and just go ahead and get, get that done because that 4x4 is fantastic. They're all really great. I know the 1920s going to win, but like – they're still, it's really great, like all four of them. So anyway, yeah. Old Forester makes a great product. That that one you're searching there, that single barrel barrel strength is going to be oh, phenomenal. Amazing. So um, 
guys, follow us on social media if you're still tuning in, if you're still listening. It is Bourbon on a Budget everywhere you can find it. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, all of the above. Please go hit subscribe if you're listening to this podcast, whether it be on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or any more. If you're on YouTube, please thumbs up and maybe send this to a friend. We'd appreciate it. We will be reviewing, as Brendan said, Smoke smoke Wagon Small Batch on Thursday of this week. Smoke on the water. Isn't it Smoke on the Wagon? We Fire will. Fire in the sky. We will review that on Thursday. Please stay tuned for that episode. For myself, TJ Pinger, Ben Cock, and Brendan Sinone, we appreciate you guys hanging out. My Norland Glass says cheers. Smoke on the water, fire in the sky.